took, or who was there. My gaze was fixed on the flames, the sparks whirling up into the night sky. For one terrifying moment, I thought I saw the elderly figures of my grandmother and my grandfather standing on the far side of the fire. There are not many of us out here on the islands in the autumn, when the summer visitors disappear, and the last of the yachts return to their home harbours, whatever those might be. But someone had seen the glow of the fire in the darkness, the message had been passed along, and everyone wanted to help. The Coast Guard's firefighting equipment was used to pump up seawater and spray it on the burning building. But it was too late. All it changed was the smell. Charred oak timbers and wall panels, burned wallpaper and linoleum flooring, combined with salt water to give off an unforgettable stench. When dawn broke, all that remained was a smoking, stinking ruin. The wind had dropped, the storm had already moved on, heading towards the Gulf of Finland. But it had fulfilled its spiteful task, working together with the blaze, and now there was nothing left of my grandparents' pretty house. That was when I first thought to ask myself, how had the fire broken out? I hadn't lit any candles, or left any of the old paraffin lamps burning. I hadn't had a cigarette or used the wood-burning stove. The electrical wiring throughout the house had been renewed just a few years ago. It was as if the house had set fire to itself. As if a house could commit suicide as a result of weariness, old age and sorrow. I realized I had been mistaken about a key aspect of my life. After performing an operation that went disastrously wrong and led to a young woman losing her arm, I moved out here many years ago. Back then, I often thought that the house in which I was living had been here on the day when I was born, and that it would still be here on the day when I no longer existed. But I was mistaken. The oak trees, the birches, the alders, and the single ash tree would remain here after I was gone, but of my beautiful home in the archipelago, only the foundations, hauled to the island across the ice from the long-defunct quarry at Hawkersborg, would remain. My train of thought was interrupted as Jansson appeared beside me. He was bareheaded, wearing very old, dark blue overalls and a pair of motorcycle gloves that I recognized from the winters when the ice had not been thick enough to drive across, and he had used his hydrocopter to deliver the post. He was staring at my old green wellingtons. When I looked down, I realized I'd pulled on two left boots in my haste. Now I understood why it had been so difficult to put one of them on. I'll bring you a boot, Janssen said. I've got a few pairs back at home. There might be a spare pair down in the boathouse, I suggested. No, I've been to look. There are some leather shoes and some old crampons people used to fix onto their boots when they went out on the ice clubbing seals. The fact that Janssen had already been rooting around in my boathouse shouldn't have surprised me, even if on this occasion he had done it out of consideration. I already knew that he was in the habit of going in there. Janssen was a snooper. From an early stage I had been convinced that he read every postcard that passed through his hands when the summer visitors bought their stamps down by the jetties. He looked at me with tired eyes. It had been a long night. Where will you live? What are you going to do now? I didn't reply because I didn't have an answer. I shuffled closer to the smoking ruin. The boot on my right foot was chafing. This is what I own now, I thought. Two Wellingtons that aren't even a pair. Everything else is gone. I don't even have any clothes. 
At that moment, as I grasped the full extent of the disaster that had befallen me, it was as if a howl swept through my body. But I heard nothing. Everything that happened within me was soundless. Janssen appeared beside me once more. He has a curious way of moving, as if he has paws instead of feet. He comes from nowhere and suddenly materializes. He seems to know how to stay out of another person's field of vision all the time. Why hadn't his wretched house on Stonskjær burned down instead? Janssen gave a start, as if he had picked up on my embittered thought. But then I realized I had pulled a face, and he thought it was because he had come too close. You can come and stay with me, of course, he offered, when he had recovered his equilibrium. Thank you. Then I noticed my daughter Louise's caravan, which was behind Janssen in a grove of alders alongside a tall oak tree that had not yet lost all its leaves. The caravan was still...